I was on a sales call um, and, you know, I'm in my groove and I'm talking and one of my, one of my prospects says, I don't mean to interrupt you, but you have a monster on your head. And he said it just like that. And I, okay. And I wiped it off and it was a giant, giant hornet. And, uh, and I freaked out a little bit. And I guess that uh, disturbed the hive who then proceeded to attack me while I was on my sales call. So, uh, so I, I very quickly hung up. I said, I'll call you back. And, uh, and I ran out as I was getting stung. So that was fun. Welcome to Outbound, where we talk about strategies and tactics to help you build deeper relationships with your ideal customers. Today on the call, uh, today on the show, I have David Musun Levy with me. Uh, David, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Joseph. Do you mind telling our listeners just a little bit about who you are? Sure. So I have been in sales for about 15 years, maybe a little over. Uh, currently, I work for a company called Cinecron, and uh, I'm director of sales there. Cinecron's a professional services organization focused on financial services, uh, selling IT consulting services. Awesome. And uh, David, what what is your what's your secret sauce for building relationships with your ideal customers? Yeah, so I think it's um, it's really important to make everything personal, and I'll talk a little bit more about that later. But that starts with research. Um, it's really important to bring value, and it's really important to be tenacious, um, making sure that you understand your customers, what's important to them, and never giving up. So, what is that? What does that look like in practice for you to be building, you know, to be to be personalizing? Because you, I hear that a lot, and then depending on who you're following on, on different sales channels, that might be like, say they're the title of the company that they work for, and you know, make sure you're using the right tokens in your email so that it's got their name in there. So, you know, um, what do you mean by by personalizing and and the value of doing that? Uh, so that, yes, if you, if you ask 10 people, you'll probably get 12 different answers about what personalizing mean. Um, to me, it means, and I, and I jokingly refer to it as stalking my, my prospects, right? I want to follow them on all of their social media platforms, LinkedIn, on Twitter. I want to understand what is important to them. What are they posting? What groups are they in on LinkedIn, right? Maybe they just posted about a personal milestone, like a marathon or something. I want to understand everything that they're kind of doing. And I want to use that as, as an icebreaker, right? So I want to understand what's important to them, what, uh, you know, what kind of things make them tick professionally. If they have something that they've posted personally, that could be a great icebreaker as well. So tell me about a time when doing that personalization or doing that, uh, the stocking somebody over your ideal customers. What does that look like in practice? Uh, so, so I, I joke when I say stocking. Don't folks, folks listening, don't actually stock stock your prospects. I promise. Um, so I was I was tasked with growing an account. It was a big bank here in New York City, uh, and I made sure that I knew uh, which elevator the the C level executive got on in the mornings. And every time I was in the building, I tried to make sure that I was in that elevator before him or just around when he was, he was going to be, going to be getting there. Um, and we would just ride the elevator and we would have, you know, quick chat. How, how's it going? Talk about the weather. And then we started to get to know each other a little bit. Oh, Hey, I remember you. And then, 
we start having conversations and then slowly, slowly it guided the conversation towards something more business related. Um, and it, it took time, right? But by the end of it, he said, hey, thank you for being so persistent. It was, you know, this, this was important uh, and, and I appreciate your tenacity. Yeah, so something that I'm kind of curious about. So you, you're talking about personalization and and um, really understanding personalizing, um, and then you know to the point where you're making sure that you're ending up on the elevator with uh, with this executive and you know being able to communicate. You're having this great dialogue and rapport. Um, when do you when do you decide is the right point to go from that you know more conversational relationship building to you know really turning it into more of a focused business conversation or asking for a discovery call? How do you determine when the right point is to do that? I try to let them guide, guide the conversation, right? Uh, so, so when you walk up to somebody at a bar and you want to meet somebody new, uh, you don't walk up and you start talking about yourself, right? You, you walk up and you start asking them questions about what they do, uh, you know, about who they are. And, at, at some point, the person you're talking to is going to say, well, what do you do, right? It's only natural to have that kind of response. Um, and so I try to let them just guide the conversation, whether that's over email, whether that's over LinkedIn message, whether that's in person, um, that's, that's I, I typically let them try to guide that. Um, okay, David, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you a question that wasn't on there. And if you don't want to <laughs> go this route or you don't have something that comes to mind, then um, then no worries. Um, but do you have an example? So, you know, it's one thing if you can go in person and you're going on the elevator and you're able to meet somebody and you can build that rapport over time. Um, what does it look like to create that level of personalization if you're not able to get in front of the person on a regular basis like that? Like, what does it look like for you through phone or email or LinkedIn? Sure. I, I, so I tend to use LinkedIn kind of exclusively with some phone calls sprinkled in, but I have, I have a, a lengthy um, process that I've, I've developed over time. Uh, it used to be a 15 touch process and over time that's evolved because of the nature of the way sales has evolved. Um, but it starts, you know, again, with doing your research, understanding the groups that they're in, understanding what makes them tick. Uh, and then it could just be something as simple as, hey, I heard, uh, you know, XYZ company had a great quarter, you know, congratulations. Um, and just continuing that dialogue. And it might take 10 or 15, 20 messages before they respond back, but eventually that they will, right? As long as you don't make it like, oh, Cinecron does XYZ. And I think it would be really important for you to learn about that. Like they're, they're not going to care, right? Just looking for 15 minutes on your calendar. Yeah, Here's just my looking, scheduling yeah. link. <laughs> give me seven and a half minutes of your time and it will change your world. No, that, that's really practical. I like that. Um, I, I like that distinction. And, you know, you're really letting the customer lead, the, you know, to a degree, but you're just consistently showing up. So in a sense, it's like personalization is figuring out what's important to them, starting conversations, and then just consistently showing up over and over and over again um, until they can't ignore you anymore. Yes, I had, a, I had a teacher in college tell me once 80% of life is showing up and that stuck with me. So what are some, what are some practical steps that somebody listening to the show could take to start developing that approach to be more personalized and, and uh, persistent? 
Sure. So, I mean, I already started talking about research. Research is really, really critical. Um, making sure that you are following uh, following the groups that your prospects are in. Well, I guess making sure understanding you know who your prospects are, right? That's uh, we'll, we'll assume that that's a given that you know who your prospects are. Um, following their 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 social media pages, following their their LinkedIn groups, um, and seeing what is important to them. Are they in a specific work group for for maybe agile software development practices do they care about data uh you know these are things that are important to my world but every every prospect is probably in some kind of group or they have some kind of interest on their linkedin follow that use that as a uh, as a starter <clears throat> um Something else that's really critical is um, making sure that you understand the value that you're bringing to every meeting. I tell my folks, sell, sell the meeting, understand what is important uh, or what the measure of success is for each meeting, whether that's an introductory meeting, a conversation where you're talking about a proposal or a scoping meeting or talking about negotiations, uh, understand what the measure of success is for you and for your client and make sure that you're selling that value um, at, at each meeting. And then, uh, you know, finally, it's just being tenacious. It's following up the way that that people have, the way people buy has changed so significantly from even from when I started working in sales. You know, when I started working in sales, it was smile and dial. People were waiting to hear back, uh, to hear from us about new products and services. And that's, not how people buy today by the time people you know by the time we talk to people they are it changes every time i look but i think they're 60 percent of the way through their buying process at this point right um and they're inundated with salespeople trying to get their attention uh and and i think that if you are tenacious and following up with them and you don't drop off uh it, within your within your sales outreach process uh, i think that's that's really going to help um, that that's really going to help drive business. And and the final the final thing is uh, just a quick way that you can shift your your outbound process. When what most people what most salespeople do is they start um, they start off strong, calling, emailing, uh, sending LinkedIn messages, sending Twitter messages, sending smoke signals, whatever it is that they do. Um, but as they start as they don't get a response they uh they tend to drop off in their cadence they they start reaching out less uh and eventually they send some some version of breakup email like hey is this important if not you know i'll, I'll go away um and that sends a signal that what you're calling about isn't important because it's dropping off in intensity so what salespeople can do is they can start off maybe a little bit of a slower burn and they can ratchet up that intensity and that cadence. And that sends a subtle change or a subtle signal to the person you're reaching out to. And that says, you know what, whatever this person's trying to contact me about, they think it's important. So maybe, maybe I should answer them, see what this is all about. Yeah. So having been on the receiving end of some people who can be extremely tenacious, but you know, they're not necessarily connecting with something that I feel is important enough to take time to respond and go through that. Um, I think that there's an impression of salespeople and even, you know, when in my outreach, it probably makes, I would say that I would tend to be 
not persistent enough because I've been on the other end where you're like, okay, this is kind of getting annoying at this point and, you know, leave me alone. So when you're working through that process, how, what have you come to as like the fine line? Cause at a certain point you're in sales, if you're doing outreach, you're going to annoy somebody at a certain point in time. I mean, and you're probably, I mean, even with prospects, you're probably going to annoy them at some point through the process. So maybe part of it is just recognizing that you're going to be a little bit of annoy annoying, but you're doing it to serve them because what you have is, is helpful. But then, you know, how do you, how do you personally determine where that line is between being persistent and then, you know, just being obnoxious and, you know, almost self-focused at that point? I, uh, I try to time box it within X amount of time. And that's, you know, I'm going to predetermine that. And it's going to be a little different for each organization. It's, it's a little bit of, a, of an art, right? Which is, which is not very helpful, but, uh, you know, you, you just pick it up over time. You learn what works and what doesn't for different, different companies and different organizations. Um, but it's, you start with time boxing it, you know, whether it's, 30 days, 45 days, 60 days, whatever it is. And within that time frame, you want to get to a no as quickly as possible. I want somebody to tell me to go away, right? Say, this isn't for me, not right now, no thank you, great. So I know how to allocate my time. But if I don't hear back, then I'm going to assume that they're just busy and and they, you know, they, they're just busy or they haven't looked at it. Um, and there are ways that you can track, you know, there are different tools out there. You can track who's opening things, who's engaging with your emails and what, and whatnot. Okay. So that's helpful. So, yeah. And I, I think, you know, having been on the marketing side pretty heavily through most of my career, I've done sales at different points in time, but, you know, I, I kind of tend to be more on the side of like, uh, trying to not spam people as much as I can and not do that. And I think it's, this is a helpful conversation. I think it's important for salespeople to to recognize what you're talking about, where it's like, it is actually serving the person on the other end to be persistent. If it is a problem, you know, if you believe that the problem is something that they should solve and, and you believe that what you have is going to really help them do that effectively, then by being persistent, you're helping to make something a priority for them that they might not realize should be a priority. And then, you know, by reaching out to them consistently, because I mean, sometimes it's true. Sometimes somebody's just, busy and they're like, oh, that was, that was really important. I'll get back to that later today. And then you forget about it. And if the person never reaches up, you just forget about it and move on. And then you're dealing with the pain or consequence later on. Cause you didn't, you didn't deal with it, um, effectively. Anyway, I just, I appreciate your perspective on that. That's helpful. Well, thank you. I, you know, another, another example of, of where that's worked. Um, I was, I was working with a, a large financial services organization. Um, and the initial outreach was in uh, like August of 2019 or 2020. I forget now, uh, but it took literally 24 months to get this closed from initial contact to closed because, or, or I should say from initial outreach to closed because just they were busy, right? And by the end of it, they were like, well, thank, thank you for staying up with this. And it was, hey, we, we don't have time to explore this. It's important, but we want to review it. But that, you know, I didn't get to that point until after six months of, of outreach and reaching out. And yeah, at some point you taper off and you just say, you know what, I'll reach out to them next month and, and see if they have, have any bandwidth to review this now. Yeah, that, I think that's a good, good perspective and good way to balance that. Um, and uh, yeah, just through it. 
I think the main difference between what you're sharing about and some of the things that we see that get to be obnoxious is when people are looking to personalize something just enough to get somebody's attention so that they can pitch them, right? Whereas if we take what you just said about, hey, look, we're going to be persistent. We're going to you know, really be driving towards this because it's valuable for them and it's something that they need. But you're doing it from that place of building personal connection, building trust up front, you know, doing that research so you really know that you are adding value and you know that they are at a point where they need it because you've done the research and you know, you're connecting those dots. So I think that's a really key thing to pull together from what you said too, is just you know, tying, tying all of those different pieces together. Because if you're being persistent like that, but it's not personalized and it's not relevant and it's not timely, then it is just annoying. Right? Then it is just annoying. <laughs> Absolutely. Sales is equal parts uh, persistence and, and luck, right? The person on the other end has to be in a position to, to buy, right? And sometimes you're lucky and they are, and sometimes you're not, and you, you know, you just miss budget season or, or whatever the case may be, right? So it's just being tenacious, keeping that conversation open and saying, okay, well, when you're ready, I'm here. And in the meantime, I'm going to share content that I think is, is important to you, right? So what is, what's the wildest thing that's ever happened to you in your sales career? Yeah, so uh, I was attacked by hornets. And uh, I don't know if, if you've never seen a hornet, and I'm not talking like the giant murder hornets. Uh, if you've never seen a hornet, they are really big. They they look like yellow jackets who who are just jerks with stingers. Um, but but they look like yellow jackets, just, just proportionally larger. Um, maybe half the size of, of a thumb drive, right? Um, they're, they're, they're really, really big. Uh, we, we just bought a house maybe two years ago. Um, and the house is a bit of a fixer upper and, uh, it's, it's really poorly, uh, sealed. <laughs> so one of the first things we did was, was we changed out all the windows, but before we did that, I was on a sales call. Um, and you know, I'm in my groove and I'm talking and one of my, one of my prospects says, uh, I don't mean to interrupt you, but you have a monster on your head. And he said it just like that. And I, oh, okay. And I wiped it off and it was a giant, giant hornet. And, uh, and I freaked out a little bit. And I guess that uh, disturbed the hive who then proceeded to attack me while I was on my sales call. So, uh, so I, I very quickly hung up. I said, I'll call you back. And, uh, and I ran out as I was getting stung. So that was fun. That is a crazy story. <laughs> um, not something that you're going to run into every day on a sales call. That is not something to. you're going to run into every day. I, 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 well, I certainly hope not. And if it is, maybe you should reevaluate your 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 life choices, or at least the location that you're taking That's your sales calls. That's one hundred percent. Awesome. Well, David, thank you so much for uh, joining me on the show today. Where where can people find more about you and and what you're up to? Sure. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, it's just linkedin.com forward slash David Muson Levy. Uh, and, uh, and I am on Twitter as well. And I think it's DevOps Dave on Twitter. Awesome. Um, well, if you enjoyed this show, I'd really appreciate it if you leave us a five-star review. That really helps us out. And we'll see you next time on Outbound. That's great. Thanks, everybody.